Warning. The following content contains sounds. It has been shown that some sapiens of the Homo have episodic memory towards some sounds. Therefore, forming a bad reaction to certain sounds. Nevertheless, the sounds we use are only to mock actions and notions, which are, of course, ridiculous. We are not mocking the people who have them. No, no, no. Because you know in time, you may change what you do and change what you think. Having said that, this is correlation sensation. A show where I talk about your mother's mammalian protuberances. Yes, yes. They come in all sorts of shapes, colors and textures and smells. But of course, we will proceed to something more important. this episode, huh? Answer me. Say it now. Oh, good. You said it. Now go back. But, but listen. Listen to the other episodes, yeah. Let's see. We are going to call Void. Void, Void, Void. Void? Yes. How is it going? Good. Yeah? That's good. It's good, it's good, right? Hello? Yes, I'm here. It's, it's good, it's good, right? Yes, what are you looking at today? Me? I looking at uh, something I did. I woke up from a dream. A dream of what? Oh, let me tell you. I wrote it down one second. <clears throat> I had a dream that all fellow sapiens of the Homo be the purple, pink, black, or maroon. We'll hold hands together and live in peace and harmony. Yep. But it was only a dream. 
and I woke up to this shit. You like it? Yes. That wasn't the real dream. That oh, was me. No. What? Hello? Void. Void. Yes. What? Yes. What's going on? Nothing. Is your transmitter broken? No. What are you eating? You eating now? Just an apple. How dare you eat on podcast? Who does that? Well, you drink kombucha. Don't change the subject. I not once eat anything on this podcast. No pizza. I don't eat no chips. What are you doing eating? I swear, your transmitter broken. You no answer. Well, I'm going to call John Papanito. Boy. Yes. John Papanito is MIA. Oh, just us two today. Or right. until we can get a hold of them. Or, right, yeah. Perhaps he'll give us a call back. I thought I heard a beep. No. No beeping. Maybe it was my voice. Ah. So. I want to talk about how I woke up from a dream yesterday. Okay, wait, it was where I was in one of those monolithic buildings, you know the ones the humans call skyscrapers? Yes. And it involved litigating humans, you know, lawyers. And it was for a company I currently work for today. Yeah. And this guy was talking about the positive aspects and how optimistic they were in the soon-to-have outcome for the courtroom proceedings against some allegations of another company. Ooh. Then I was uh, probed mentally, verbally, to see whether or not I knew anything at all by some uh, person called a journalist for the mass media. Oh. I essentially regurgitated the gross generalization of how the litigating human spoke to me. I talked about how positive the outcome would be and how great we were. Following that, I then came across another sapien of the homo I really work with in real life. She asked me what I said to them after she told them that, uh, you know, it was still in the process of being, you know, in the court, so she can't say much. I told her I gave them all that special fancy information. Then she got upset. Wop, 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 wop. 
She said that I should have uh, not done that, and I may have fucked up the whole court case. I felt real bad in this dream void. Yeah, and you want to know what else? What else? Traveling along in this monolithic skyscraper, I came across the big boss man, you know, owner of the company. He was playing with his kids, you know, how they do, where they pick up their kids and toss them up in the air, make sure their head don't hit the ceiling, and they, they catch them, you know. Well, most of the time they catch them. They don't want to go curse flat. Yes. Yeah, no good. Then, after he got done, I said, Hey, I kind of need to talk to you about something. I may have uh, screwed everything up. He said, Come up to my uh, penthouse on the top floor of it is a large copper skyscraper building in your dream. Well, he may oh, not... Wow. Yeah, he may not have said all that, but he took me up. And he proceeded to take out one of those uh, big, long tobacco things. They call cigars. He started smoking it, and puffing it, walking about, strutting around like he was a King Adonis of the mountain. And then I told, I proceeded to tell him I did something wrong. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I already know about, you know, this other location for the business, and you know how you uh, worked with this other guy who used to be a, a chief boss man too." who left the company because he didn't want to stay no longer. And he told me that, you know, how that location was really good. And that, you know, you guys, when you were training the underlings, would, uh, you know, make it really good, then send them for a week at another location that was really bad, only to bring them back to make them feel really, you know, happy, morale-wise, of where they were. To, um, you know, kind of make him look at things at a different perspective. And then I said, oh, that's not what I want you to talk about. But, uh, yeah, why not make every location happy, you know, instead of just one that's kind of a broken seahorse. Wow, quite insightful. Yeah, and he said, oh, that's an interesting idea. I'll keep that in mind. So what is it now that you screwed up? And I said, well, you know when we talked to the litigator. And the litigator, he told us all the positive outlooks that we have for this court case, for the court proceedings. He said, of course. And then, you know how we spoke with a journalist who worked with the mass media? He said, yes, yes. And I said, well, I told him that we have a very positive outlook because so-and-so and such-and-such and who to do. Don't remember the specifics because it's a dream. It's kind of elusive, you know. And then he started to chuckle. He said, oh, that's no biggie. That's a good thing, actually, because that may uh, be a positive narrative for us, for the mass media, to make us look good. And I said, oh, really? I was like, oh, phew. And then he said, plus, if I was mad at you in the first place, seeing you now how you were beating yourself up, you are already punishing yourself more than I could have punished you. Then I woke up from the dream void, and I started to psychoanalyze it. Oh. Yeah, kind of like how Galen did. Wow, yeah, he would wake up from his dreams and wonder what they were about. Mm, that's, that's what I did. So, I started to think about it, and I thunk, 
and I thought, and I thunk, and I thought. And then, ba-bam, I came to the conclusion that we put all our bosses on high pedestals, but they are all just humans. The social hierarchy is a delusion of power. Wob, 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 wob. Yeah. It's out of fear that we may lose our uh, standing in society. One of my bosses was quitting to go to a better venture and be closer to family. My other assistant boss that's still there realized we do better work when we are left to our own devices. Oh, yeah. Very true. When you put more hierarchy, you kind of break down the function of people. Because honestly, people, when they are allowed to do what they do, and to work, and to have pride in their work and what they do in society, they're more productive and happy. But uh, many people fail to realize this. And for some God-forsaken reason, I don't know why I said God, but for some crazy-ass reason, many people don't even realize this. Thinking that they need to punish people who are apparently already not feeling too happy about what they have done. And then I realized, you know what happens when you dream void. Yes. Your subconscious comes up, right? Well, your brain starts going wacky. It shuts off your frontal lobe. And then all the rest of the, you know, activity in your brain starts pumping. And you basically replay the previous day. Your brain kind of does a fast forward. Like if you're watching a VHS tape. And you fast forward from beginning to end. And then you flush out, you know, through the cerebral spinal fluid. You know, through the ventricles and your meninges. To flush out all the neurotransmitters that could build up and become toxic. But what I find interesting is when you wake up from a dream void. I think it's because of how intense the dream was. Because when you're replaying your previous day, there might have been a moment that you remembered when you were replaying it that was so intense that it had to wake you up. And this psychoanalysis could help one person solve some of their issues that they had been focusing on or worrying about from the previous moments. And that is why I think dreams are very important if you want to really focus on them. One thing, you know that when you're trying to get to sleep and your body wakes yourself up, it's because the state of relaxedness in your body is the same state as free falling. So your brain jolts your muscles awake because your brain goes into, oh shoot, I'm falling. So. Well, I didn't feel like I was falling when I woke up. No, no, but sometimes people in those dreams is when you're in a super relaxed state. Your body will wake yourself up because of the mm. falling. So, like, what's really interesting is you're not really relaxed when you wake up from one of those dreams. Yes. As a matter of fact, I woke up like that one time, and I was in the mid-air when I woke up, John. I mean, void. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were you possessed by a demon? No, it's because I jolted so much, I actually bounced up from my damn box spring mattress. 
Yeah. Whoa, scared the poop out of me. Yeah, I had to clean up the sheets and everything. Actually, actually, I had to throw it out. You can't really clean that up very well. Yeah, because it's so thin. I also had to throw out the whole thing. The mattress. Oh, another thing, Void. I want to tell you how, you know, how lucky humans are. Yes. Because... You mean us humans? Yeah, 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 us humans, because hypothetically, you know, when we switched our penis cells, you know, what what the humans call neurons, but for us, you know, they're penis cells. When we were going through the, you know, transition to become, you know, immortal sentient beings, they switched our penis cells with, you know, nanobots, which became the neurons and the glia cells. And I was thinking, since they did that, we didn't require sleep. Kind of worries me, Void. Because these humans, they're going to go through that transition pretty soon. Especially with this Neuralink business. It's not very good. Actually, I kind of uh, feel bad that we're really not animals anymore. Yeah, they said if a cat was the size of an actual tiger, it'd probably kill you. I mean, you're a house cat. Yeah. But how does that tie into what I was talking about? Well, because animals have no... uh, Cats have no... uh, They see it as a thing. They have no sense of autonomy of other things. Oh, like a sociopathic human? Or a psychopathic human? Yes. Which is also an animal? Yes. Yeah. Oh, how about this? Society does that all the time. With the us-them mentality. Oh yes, that is bad. Yeah. Because it's the, of the other. Yeah, the other. Oh no, they disagree. They look different. They smell different. They come from another part of the same planet. Really, really small compared to the universe. So relatively close. But my stupid ape-man brain seems to perceive that they're so far away. When really, they're actually close. Pretty, pretty funny, huh? Yes. Like people never learned from the neo-Nazis, or the damn Ku Klux Klan, or the damn Germans in the Nazi Germany during the 30s and 40s. Like people not learn that from Japan with the rape of Nanking. Wake the fuck up, you know? Yes. Those are all terrible tragedies, and using other ones' hate and fear to destroy others. Well, it's like that George Harrison song. You're brainwashed by everything in your society. Oh. You're brainwashed by the media. You're brainwashed by your politicians. You're brainwashed by your school. And your physicians. Something, 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 something. He talks about all the aspects that the brainwash people. Religion. Yeah, you know who you are. Oogity boogity boo. Yeah. So that's basically what I wanted to talk about my dream with. Now on to getting John Papanito on board. What the fuck? You mind if I try calling him one more time? No, not at all. Okay.
void. Yes. I think he washed his car. Oh, again like me? I don't know, but he not answering shit. You think he fell down the stairs in his basement? No. What do you think he do? I don't know. You think he's uh, reporting back to Captain Garouch Gobbler? I don't know. Hmm. We'll find out. Now, on to more important matters. Nemesius. Nemesius. Yeah. Not much is known about Nemesius there, Void. From what I gathered, the sapien of Homo is only really known from one surviving treatise. Yeah, with Nemesius' name on it. What was the name of that treatise? Well, it was originally a Greek name. And it was an anthropological document from 390 current era called Peri Fissos Anthropu. Anthropu. Maybe Anthropa, Anthropoeo, Anthropapi, Anthropopin, Stopping Robots. Now, for some lingual theft, if you haven't already guessed by now, Void. The original title was, you know, Perifisio Anthropu, but they switched it to a Latin title, De Natura Hominis. What? You see what they do there? What, they change the name? Yeah, they switch from Greek to Latin. Those damn Roman church bastards. That's who I blame. I blame it on the Pope. The poopy Pope poop. Poopy Pope Pope poopness. Yeah. What you think? I don't know enough about the situation to know. Well, I know that those bastards spoke Latin. And I know that they sought to control the world. They, they affected to, what? Oh, they just want to push their uh, their language and keep their language alive. That's what I think. They are the ones who put damn uh, puppet figure monarchs in control all the way up until the 1900s in some parts of Europe. Wow. They crucified the many people who questioned them. Bastards. Yeah, that's what I think. And they beat people silly, or imprisoned people silly, if they did not bow down to the almighty Judeo-Christian Catholic Pope Church. If you're Catholic and I offended you, you needed it. Wake up. Wake up from your dream. Poop. And what's up with that hat anyways? What? Yeah, that hat. The Pope hat. What is oh, that no. supposed to be? You are uh, really quiet right now, Void. Well, I'm thinking about what uh, what it is. I was starting to think of joke because everyone wants to uh, wants to uh, knock his hat off, so he has to sit in a bulletproof uh, car as he drives around called the Pope Mobile. I thought it was because someone tried to shoot him. I don't know. You know, I bet you, in thousands of years from now, when they're, you know, digging up all the debris from all the 
chaos that ensues from an overgrowing populace and society, they're going to see this. They'll be like, the Pope? Oh, this Pope lived from all the way back there, all the way up here, for millennia. What is going on? You know, kind of like Pythagoras for the Pythagoreans. You okay? Yes. Just listening with the, what you're saying. So let's keep going about uh, why they changed the language and who we're talking about today. So, Namisius was some dude from Emisa, which is now called Holmes, Turkey. That's right, Void. Homes for the turkeys. Do you believe that? Oh, I'm turkey. Why is it called turkey? I eat turkey all the time. I don't see nobody living inside one. I even put one on top of my head, tried to look inside the cavity. Did not smell very good. You think turkey smell bad? Uh, maybe I'm dead, but I think cook they smell fine. Mm. No, I'm talking They're... about the place where... The place where Nemesius is from. Uh, I believe it's very rocky. Hold on, let me look that up. Rocky? There's no rocks inside the turkey. Why do they call it turkey? Because I think it was from... Broke off from Turkestan. Turkestan? What is up with these name changes? Can't they keep, like, come up with something that everybody agrees upon? Oh, yes, it's very rocky. It looks like alien planet. It is an alien planet, the Void. We're on Earth. No, no, no. That's our planet. Oh. Remember? Oh. Yeah. Turkey <sighs> is a be beautiful landscape. I'm looking at pictures of it now. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk it up. Talk the turkey up. So, some, such as one named Jacos, Joanna, claimed this treatise from Nemesius was one of the most cited medical texts in history from 390 current era to as far back or as far forward as the 19th century. Galen of Pergamum, Aristotle, Plato, Herophilus, Erasistratus, and Hippocrates are all said to be a major influences for Nemesius when he concocted this book. So influential, I tell you what. Periphysios Anthropou, later to be known as De Natura Hominis, is the same title as one of the many treatises from the Hippocratic Corpus. As a matter of fact, in the introduction of uh, this book by Nemesius, he used the Hippocratic document, De Natura Hominis, as a reference point. And then Galen's referencing the De Natura Hominis from the Hippocratic Corpus himself. So, two books were referenced as basically this is a build-off of the Natura Hominis from a more superior time in human history. In the Dark Ages, yes, Void, in the Dark Ages, we have a one sapien of the Homo who was a bishop named Nemesius who concocted some religious dogmatic mumbo-lumbo to attach to some speculation from Galen, one who did not do any dissection on actual human beings, to break down where the soul is located. So, we got a bunch of poop. Like the Pope. Oh, that sucks. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's something to talk about. We're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? How was your week? Good. You constipated? You're not talking very much. No, I'm listening. Are you sure? Yes, but I've been talking plenty. Where have you been? What? Oh, you. You funny. You are very funny, Void. I don't know about you. Are you working with John Papanito? No. What are you guys doing? I don't know. Are you trying to rig the election against me? No. You sure? Are you spreading out rumors about my tiny feet? I don't believe you have tiny feet. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. No, size eight and a half, not tiny for you. I see how it is. Oh, just because I don't have size ten and a half like you, big floppy foot. Oh, I got bigger than that. Oh, yeah, bigger than that, huh? Oh, yeah, rub it in there with your big, uh, you know, mammalian penis. Mine's normal size. Who said it was small? Vote Gork. Make America great, finally. Thumbs up. You know what I don't understand, Void? What? Why is the slogan still Make America Great Again from a Tumbly Trump? Uh, it was an old Reagan uh, saying, Make America Great. But it doesn't make sense, because he's saying again, but he's already been in office for four years. Riddle me it's that. A- they don't know logic very well. It doesn't make sense. Who would buy that slogan again? This is the second term. Don't get it. We, we can still abort it. Just like a liberal. You want to abort everything, don't you, Void? No, it was a joke. No, you, know, you were serious. Oh, you and John Papanito. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. All of you. I got to go watch the fur news. What fur news? Yeah, you know, the only real news. Fur news. Oh. 100% fur, 100% fur all the time. So, this mutant book by Nemesius is heavily influenced by Hellenistic medical philosophy and his Dark Age Christian anthropology. Similarly to Galen, Nemesius' approach was eclectic in nature, like a quilt of work from other people, adopted to fit his religious bullshitness, I mean bishopness. Enough about Galen and Hippocrates, because Aristotle's work titled History of Animals and Plato's work Phaedos, or Phaedo, it says Phaedo, but I don't know if... The scholarly article I've cited may have misspelled it. You know how they work. Sometimes they overlook things. <laughs> Unlike Plato, Nemesius claimed that human souls cannot be the same as animal souls. Much like Aristotle. Furthermore, Nemesius used long, drawn-out dialectical arguments against some Stoic philosophy regarding their interpretation of the soul being corporeal meaning that Nemesius claimed that the soul doesn't obey the laws of physics, therefore metaphysical. And in turn, 
he must logically reject the medical materialism from Galen and Hippocrates himself. So we got the one mighty cherry picker going on here. That's what happens when you're eclectic and you think for yourself. You have agreements and disagreements. Yes. Perhaps since this mysterious, this mysterious magical pneuma has yet to have been found in vivisection or dissection, unless they punctured some, you know, air pockets within the body, or maybe they, you know, cut open your guts, they might have gotten some funky pneuma coming out, which, by the way, is a good name for a band. What you think, Void? Funky pneuma. Funky pneuma. Pay that funky new man. Oh, pay that funky new ma you man. Lay down your forceps and lay your new mud right down just tonight. But perhaps it's understandable as to why some like Galen and Herophilus thought that the seemingly empty cavities of the brain called the ventricles held such breath if you will, called the soul, breath of the soul, which is another good name for a group, don't you say? Would you like to listen to some breath of soul? Sure. Ooh, that sounds like, you know, get down and uh, jiggy with it music. Hey, baby, give me some uh, breath of soul. And she'd be like, no, you need to brush your teeth. Because you got some funky Numa in there. I hear you typing right now, Lloyd. Ah, see, that's why you're quiet. You're focusing on something other than what we're talking about. We're supposed to be talking. It's back and forth conversation. You talk yes. to a computer more than me. I feel no, jealous. No. Void. Void, 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 void. Yes. I said I feel jealous because you keep on fingering your pooter. Sorry, I just had to look something up. What oh. were you saying again? What were you looking up, Void? I want to That's know. Cool. You said testicles? No, Numa. Oh, yeah? What'd you find out? Nothing, just the same thing we always find out about the Numa being the soul. Goddamn Numa. This is bullshit, Void. All this wasted time with Numa, these sapiens of the homo did, you know. Keep going. It was very interesting. So, I imagine that if you waited any uh, moment of time after uh, killing uh, another sapien of the homo, that the cerebrospinal fluid would have leaked out somewhere. Especially if you were cutting it open with less than accurate instruments or, you know, decisive precision for cutting open the brain. You may have uh, leaked out some cerebral spinal fluid yet to even realize what you did. But we don't know if they understood if there was any fluid in there because their documents were burnt. And what we know were from people who lived years later. Onward ho to a Nemesius. Nemesius had the whole chapter dedicated to fear. He used a quote from Galen in regards to Thucydides' history, whatever that means. Oh, you know what? You can play with your pooter to Thucydides' history. Or Thucydides. 
Thucydides, Thucydides, Thucydides. You want to, my, um, you want me to spell it for you, Void? What? Do you want me to spell it for you, Void? Spell what? Thucydides. Yes, very much so. What does that word mean? Thucydides. Okay. What? T-H. Wait. T-H-U-C-Y-D-I-D-E-S. S U C K B I T C H E S C U N T. Oh, sorry, thought you were done. C U N T. C U N T. What does it mean? Well, the first word was correct, which is the T H U C Y D I D E S. I know, I knew that part, but what does the actual word mean you spelled and meant to spell? Oh, it's just a history from some saping of the homo. I believe it's the name of this saping of the homo. I didn't look uh-huh. him up. You'll find anything out? No, I was just listening to what you were saying. Oh, I was just wondering if you could look him up for me. I've been doing the work on Amesius in the three cell mumbo lumbo. Oh, the three cell. What you do? But you said don't worry about it. What? You? I do not tell you to not worry about anything. I tell you to worry about everything. Oh. Worry. That is that is how you get things done. Is just sit there and freak out. Hello? Yes? Find anything? No, I'm wanting to listen to you, stupid. Stupid? What'd you talk about? Stupid. I tell you what. Don't make me come over there and bring Corona. Oh, no! Tell you. Call me stupid. First, John Papa. That's what happened. John Papa Needle did it. And I let him skate away because I know he's just a primal ape man. And you come over and you start saying the same thing. Thinking it's okay. Well, I put my foot down no matter how tiny it is. Did you hear that? Look, my foot is so small it makes no sound. How hard are you stomping? Pretty damn hard. I think I stubbed my toe. Ouch! Oh, I it had, the floor. It had bent backwards. Oh, ouch! You need to get that looked at. Oh, don't feel good. I feel kind of lightheaded now. Oh, what did we talk about? Oh, yeah. Nemesius is also, no- also noted for discussing Epicurus. Epicurus's hierarchy of pleasure. So, I looked up this dude. And the sculpture of the bust that they have of Epicurus looks like a pissed-off octopus man from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, does he have a big bushy beard? Yeah, big bushy beard. Which is funny because in the Greek and Roman world, they had the sculptures of, you know, the goth 
or the Gauls, you know, to depict what the barbarian looks like, and they had shaggy hair and a big old uh, beard. And, well, you know, it doesn't look much different from a lot of philosophers from that time era. And Epicurus is noted for claiming that atoms are the smallest bit of matter, much like those Pythagoreans, you know. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. Same thing, you know, smallest thing of matter is atoms cannot be divided to be the same matter. Mm. Yes. Then he said, Epicurus, or Epicurus, said that all natural phenomena was explained uh, in these terms with the at atoms. And he also rejected the immortal soul concept in the gods have no influence on our lives. I oh disagree. yes, we're, we're all but our own man. I disagree though, Void, because people who believe that the gods affect their lives and believe to live their lives to appease the gods have their lives affected by the gods, whether or not they're real in the physical realm. Oh, because their mind is wrapped around it, and so that can force different thoughts and different beliefs. Yes, but when it comes to pleasure... Epicurus is believed to have thought that all of everyone's actions are to obtain a pleasure's void. Uh-huh. Yeah. He also thought he also thought that the way one obtains tranquility is to limit one's desires and to banish fear of both the Oogie Boogie monsters known as gods and death. Nemesius accepted the hierarchy of pleasures, but rejected the definition of pleasures from Epicurus. There are two types of pleasures according to Epicurus. Epicurus. Rusius Asumasus. Yeah. One is static, while the other one is a moving pleasures. Ooh. Static are permanent things, and moving pleasures are goals, maybe? Or goal-oriented. So, when someone is moving in the process of achieving a desire, this is moving pleasure. Static pleasure is after one has satiated their appetite. Static pleasure pleasures were considered to be the best sort of pleasures from Epicurus. And he also considered that lowering your desires and focusing on your basic needs is the best way to satisfy your life, similar to what Tolstoy wrote in his book of War and Peace. One moment, I think I'm getting an incoming transmission. Okay, okay. Hello? Yes. What the fuck? My phone is uh, retarded. Hello, is it John Papa Nito? Hey, John Papanito, you're not uh, spying on me and Void, are you? John Papanito, he a super sneaky spy, so he not to tell you when he a spy on you. I don't. He just get a spied on. I saw someone in a leotard outside hopping around on his tiptoes. 
So that's how you know it's not John Papanito, because it doesn't look like a John Papanito. Are you sure? Because I could see the beard popping out of his mask. You know... John Papanito, he know have a beard popping out of his mask, because he know need a mask with a beard. Oh, okay. One moment. Void. Yes. We in three-way. Oh, I, John Papanito. John Papanito? John Papanito. Oh, there we go. So we just got done talking about the pleasures, John Papanito. John Papanito, he don't want to do a pleasure with you. Well, according to one named Epicurus, everything that you do is to obtain a pleasure. Epicurus? Epicurus. Epicurus? That's nice. Yeah. He also says lowering your expectations and desires to meet what is really necessary is the best way to live a satisfied life. So don't get your hopes up. Is he a sure? Because that doesn't sound very satisfying. What do you mean? Well, say what he say again, and then I'll tell you why. Okay. You lower your expectations, and then you uh, have the primal necessary desires to satiate. So you will have a much more pleasurable life. Hello? Yes. His reasoning... It sounded like... It sounded like, you know... I really didn't want to do that, so it's okay that I failed. It's okay that my child turned out to be a crackerhead because I didn't really have an expectation for my child to, you know, graduate or kindergarten. It sounded like how America trained and raised their kids is a living like they just lower expectations and then their kids turn out dumb and entitled. Huh. You been watching the news again? Don't pop a little. You know what? With a blonde cheeto and an old grandpa guy and some bimbos that think they know what they talk about, but they, all they talk about is how much they want to give other people's money to other people and not how they want to fix the things. Huh. I think the reasoning behind Epicurus is that when people focus on trying to achieve all these you know, consumerist ideas and try to fit into society and go up on the economic ladder in the social hierarchy, they are constantly in moving for their pleasures. And when you make your desires really high, you start having what are called the first world problems, where you start complaining about the little things because your major goals are not achievable because you have uh, way too many people trying to fit into these job positions. It is still like this. It sounded like she just wanted you to lower your expectations so you don't achieve anything. And then there's a documentary. Failing at life. That's what she preaches. 
Mm, I don't know. How can you fail if you don't try? As long as you don't, like, you know, want to fail or succeed, it's okay to fail. You feel fine. But how do you fail if you don't try? If you're not going, like, you say, like, let's say I don't care to become professional weightlifter. And so I don't have goals to win the professional weightlifting. Are you saying I'm fail professional weightlifting? I say you just work at being mediocre. And life is not about to be a mediocre. It's about a week. What? You cut out there. You just, uh, you know, it's okay to lift weights to not to be a good weightlifter, but if you want to do something well, you need to have a drive and a motivation to do it well. So, you can't just stay back and be like, well, I'll do this. Whatever happens is fine with me because I don't have any expectation. Uh, that is how we get a 10% illiteracy rate in the United States. Hey, have you been having sex with the 5G network because you keep on skipping in and out? Oh, John Papa Nero, he not skip. Skipping is a not for him. He's well, too much of a dude. You're skipping around all over the place. Oh, you shut up there. Oh, I'm just being observational, that's all. You can't observational me skip if you're not here to see me skip. No, on your transmission. Yeah, John Papa Nero, he has a I mean, he's a bitch. It is a way too sexy, and it blocks the transmissions that aren't that sexy. Oh, you know, you sound a lot like the Blanchito. You, you know, criticize a lot. You're talking yourself yeah. up like a, like a Blanchito. It's not me. This is a bitch, man. It's a bitch that that's a sexy. Oh, yeah, see, that's what it is. Okay, it's not your fault. It's the basement's fault, right? Correct. Oh, okay. Well, see, I lower my expectations, so I cannot take responsibility. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when you have your expectations and you get mad when they don't get met because everybody has expectations that don't get met, you kind of actually live a happier life. Oh, yeah, but you also live a life of little complications and a little success. Well, success is subjective. Wow. But just because you're happy doesn't mean a life is a great. Because a lot of people, you know, they think success is the consumerism. And then if you look at all the little floating trash islands out there in the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans, you can see their successes and the result. Well, if you don't have to be really good at something, they never succeed at anything, whether it is a consumerism or being a professional weightlifter or eating a ton of hot dogs. Or making babies with a hot women. Right, right. So, so, so we if have. If you want to live your life not happy, then you have high expectations. And if you just want to be happy all the time, well, you just go be a fat slob and sit on the couch. Well, that's not necessarily so. I would say yeah, a lot it's of... translatable. I would say a lot of people have a lot of failed expectations, so they try to uh, fill that empty space by stuffing their mouth. They just don't know how to strengthen their willpower and succeed and thrive again. Maybe. But there's a lot of people in the scientific community who are high up there that are pretty blubbery. Oh, it's a cruel because, you know, they just don't like themselves because they're high up there due to nepotism. And they're not high up there due to accomplishments. Mm, that's not necessarily so. I wouldn't say all oh, people... 
I wouldn't say all people who are in the scientific community doing research are in there because of nepotism. That's kind of an interesting take. Where's your stats? My stats are right here, you know, my basement. Oh, yeah? You Do you have your sources right here? You don't need a side of source. You just watch the TV. I don't know. I tell you what's right and what's wrong every oh, day. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. You can figure it out on your own. You don't need a source to tell you what you believe is right and what you believe is wrong. No, but you can, uh, you know, read someone who's been peer-reviewed and then question it. Oh, yeah. That's what you do. You always question it because everybody's a self-motivated. Yes, exactly what the Epicurus said. Any kind of movement is to achieve pleasure. Uh, my level of pleasure is so high that if I achieve more pleasure, I would not be able to have a phone call with you. Is that so? Oh, yeah. What? Papa Nino, he's a super pleasure. I don't know about that one. You seem to talk a lot of mad shit about people. Don't see how someone is very satisfied be talking negative all the time. Oh, I don't talk a negative. I just point out that they are being stupid. Hmm, interesting. Pretty interesting. Just because you're stupid is not a bad thing. You're just a stupid. Oh, so you're saying that I should rely on my primal mind to make myself feel better, and then I'm super pleasurable. And that's what this guy He says you don't have a and everything will be good and you will be happy. Yeah. That's how monkeys live. Are you a monkey? Well, we're all apes, so. Monkeys get happy when they throw poop at people. That makes them happy. Their life expectations is lower than a throwing people. Yeah, that's kind of what you do right now. It's laying a lot of poop. Actually, I've been real constipated lately. Yeah, then maybe that's why you're talking a lot of shit coming out your mouth. He's coming out of my mouth, all right. Yeah. So. Back to topic. I say back to topic. You say it after John Papanito. That's because it doesn't work if it's not John Papanito saying it before me. It's okay. You just edit that out anyway. No, I let you say it. I, I let you make a fool out of yourself. Back to topic. Yeah. So, void, I say back to topic. Now it makes sense. Yes. Now, a little note from Nemesius is that Socrates being put to death was a good thing. Because it's much okay. like how Jesus got put to death. He made you know, a, some people believe that his death was a good thing. Yeah, because it kind of made them more infamous as a martyr. For or maybe, or maybe they just wanted him to shut the fuck up. Well, a lot of people back at that time didn't like what he had to say, so when he's go away, they are happy. Yeah. Yes. Plus when he attacked the bankers. What? He attacked the bankers that were uh, selling goods in the marketplace in the... Uh, in the church, he took a belt and started hitting the tax collectors. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's an interesting story. We don't know what happened to Jesus between the you know, time of his birth and before he was like 20. Yeah, they didn't what write very much. You know, if he's like a deity, why he takes 20 years to come into form? Well, you got to learn. 
he's a deity. Well, so you know, learning. if you're coming in human form, you definitely got to, uh, you know, develop. I probably don't know if it is to make a sense. If oh. you're a god, you're always a god. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why Tolstoy liked the Muslim religion. Because their perception of God is love. And not a being. Oh, you sure that's not a Buddhism? It might be very similar. Back to topic. So, back to topic. We're gonna go on to the three-cell mumbo-jumbo. The reason why we even talk about the Namesius. So, why are we talking about this philosopher again? I will tell you why. Because Nemesius' book, something so inf was something so influential because Christianity spread like an anal whore's ash cheeks, if you will. Like coconut on a warm body when you're rubbing it down. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Coconut don't spread, it's a nut. You talk about coconut oil? That's why I said coconut, coconut oil. Oh, I didn't hear the oil. You just skip it now. Ah, oh, that's funny. I know I have no skipping up to my loo problems with the void. Unless if I am. You yeah. lubed up the void. That's a weird. What did you just put in my mouth? Void, if he's lubing you up and you don't want to lie, you need to tell somebody. Void, don't you tell anybody anything. Void? Yes. What are you talking about, about coconut oil? Void, he likes it when you lube it up. Back to topic. So, Kalen believed that sensory was something that was uh, coming into your frontal part of your brain. Received prior to being processed, this idea was based on the findings of your cranial nerves, like your optic nerve and your olfactory nerve, coming in from the front. Even though Galen described the optic chiasm, which is attached to your optic nerve, which is located in, in the middle of your brain. Don't know why they thought that. But, remember the ventricles? Yeah. In the heart. Well, the ventricles in the brain. Okay. So, we have three cells, which stood for the four ventricles. What? Three cells for four? Oh, what's going on here? That's because the lateral ventricles are two, but they represent the frontal cell. Oh, is the frontal cell is divided into two portions? Yeah, but when you look at the pictures depicting this three-cell mumbo-lumbo, you will get just three circles that kind of look like screws inside of this weirdo's head that looks like he got smashed in the head really hard. His eyes kind of look inward and upward. That's a scary. Yeah. Why is it scary? Because it, you know, it's a scary. Think about someone smash your head in, and then your eyeballs go up into your brain. It's a scary. Yeah, it's just a cartoon, though. So, as uh, John Papanito gets scared of cartoons, uh, we will proceed. The first cell will be called Cellula Fantastica. That's a bigger name. Yeah, sounds like a Spanish soft drink. Right, voice? It sounds like an anime bad guy. 
Cellular Fantastica? Yes. Mm. It sounds like some guy is going to come get me with his supernatural powers. Yeah, Fantastica powers. And then, what comes into it is what's census communis, also known as common sense in English. Oh, that's a, not a real thing. Yeah, no. Then we got quick yielding of an understanding of an object being perceived when all these senses coalesce together to form census communis to go to our first cell. Cellula Fantastica. That sounds like a bad guy again. It still sounds like a bad guy. Yeah, I guess if you're having a bad experience, Cellula Fantastica can be pretty bad. Sounds like downright dangerous. So, when you look at something, smell that something, taste that something, you'll yield a great understanding through all your senses for the grossness of a shit. What yeah. you talking about, shit? I just did. When you experience shit. Yeah. Hey, John Papanito, I just realized. If you're moving to the restroom, you're moving towards pleasure. John Papanito knows of a theory. It's called the out theory. Anytime something comes out of your body through a normal office, it is a feeling good. So he is. Yeah. So you take a shit, it feels good. You ejaculate, it feels good. You vomit, it feels good because you were sick and needed to vomit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really like it when it comes out my nostrils. Well, you know what? You should open your mouth well, and you... let it come out of your mouth. Sometimes. And then you feel better. Some... You feel better after you vomit. Sometimes my superior orifices are not big enough to let it all come out that the force is coming. That's why it comes out of the nostril. All of your orifices are superior. All of your orifices are inferior. Well, that's silly talk. Why do you think that? Because you a gawk. My family has a great lineage of royalty. How dare you say that to me? You are very simple. You know who else feels they have a great lineage? John Papanito. John Papanito, he's a first, he's a kind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No lineage there. Never heard anybody speak like you before. It's all right, you have not. I've heard lots of people talk exactly like you. Bunch of crabs in the Whoa. bucket. Who's a crab in a crab? A crab in a crab, huh? Got it sounded it. great on this end. Oh, yeah? What was that? Jump up and, you know, he saw playing with some plastic. Void. Yeah. How's it going? Good. My yeah. ears hurt a little from John Papanito. Ah, yeah, see? Void, you are very quiet today. Are you okay? Yeah. Do we need to have a discussion? We've been talking for a while. No, we oh. have not. Yeah, we have. We've been talking for over an hour, me and uh, Bork. Nope. Not here. Chop up a little. He'd be on the phone for 20 minutes, and he could have been over an hour very easy. Back to topic. The second cell is called Cellular Logistica. 
This is where the census communa travels to the cellular logistica, which is where you have a reasoning and logic. Where you uh, it's a very good. Where you process what you are sensing from your first cell. And then this, and what you what? What do you sense in your first cell? Your environment, no. your experience, everything from your your uh, nerves, your sensory nerves go up to your brain, according to Galen, to your first cell. Okay. Which is not true at all. It's a bunch of bullshit. It goes up to your brain stem. Then your, your thalamus and hypothalamus. So, then after it goes to your second cell where you have a reasoning, it goes to your third cell back in your cerebellum. And this one is called cellula memoralis. Memory is stored this way. Oh, that's a make sense. Yeah. Then, this is kind of like a psychoanalysis thing. Psychic pneuma travels through your foramen, through all these ventricles. And this is where the soul resides, like a spooky ghost. A soul? Yeah, and it travels back and forth, even though you require memory for your being able to process any kind of sensory information. It's kind of interesting. No, it's interesting, very interesting, yes. And then you have to have memory in order to evaluate things logically. So this three-cell theory mumbo-jumbo seems like it would have been easy to dismiss for me. You know, I jump up a little, he read a book not too long ago. It was about habit and how people react emotionally. And it said in his book that you have your part of your brain where emotions are is up front. And what happens is a thing that happens to you, it causes stimulus. And then you react emotionally to it unless you take a moment and allow it to be processed and move back to the sick itself. Yeah. But you so don't. So it could be a real. But your frontal area of your brain is something that you get signals from other parts of your brain, like your temporal lobe, parietal lobe. Is it going back and forth? Sure. But you make a sense the way this describes. And then your sensus logistica, or your cellular logistica, is actually your frontal lobe. It could be, I don't know. And plus, they're saying the ventricles are where this happens, which makes no sense. There's no cells to process information inside the ventricles. Could it be true? Jump up a little. He don't really know. Oh. Yeah. So, Nemesius said there's evidence for this theory. He said when someone gets lesions on the front part of your brain, it impacts sensory perception, but not intelligence. Then he said, if you get damage to the middle part of your brain, you get derangement not affecting your sensory perception or your logic. Or affecting your logic, not your sensory perception. Then if you get damage on your cerebellum, you get damage to your memory, but not your logic or your perception. I don't know where they got that idea. Doesn't sound right. No. Sounds kind of backwards. It really does. So this doctrine also had another thing. It claimed that 
your cellula fantastica, where the census commun the census communist comes in, is a a dry and a warm place where you allow growth of uh, many animal spirits. Jump up a little. He think of more things grow in a wet and moist place. That's what I thought. And I also thought the fish would not live in a dry, warm place. He sounds a bad for a fish, that's for sure. Yeah. It might not be able to breathe. It sounds like a very old whore. It sounds like they dry out, and then you have a fish jerky. Yeah, which is not very good. No, it sounds gross. Yeah, it sounds gross. And then, your second cell, your cellula logistica, which is considered to be warm and moist. Ah, uh, this is the way the fish live. Yeah. Well, some live in the cold and moist, too. But they say this is where you have a limiting of animal spirits. And then they said this is where you have discrimination take place through logic. What sort of logic? Discriminatory logic. Reasoning. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They also say imagination took place in your front cell. Because it's in, yeah, and involves envisioning things, which is similar to seeing things. Oh, that's why some things it's so vivid. I guess so. Yeah, I would have thought that when you are warm and moist, it would have been the opposite of discriminatory sensations. Because you would have... When she's a woman or moist, there's no discrimination or comment. No, it's like the opposite. It's like she opening up her legs and saying, come here, baby. Oh, yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. And she has to say a yes first. Because if there's a no consent, it's a rape. Well, what if consent is she spread her legs open and say, come here. She didn't say anything like, yes, I want it. Well, you should use an app or some kind of verbal communication to make sure that it's a 100% a yes and get a documents. That's how you have to do it nowadays. Boy, that's spooky. It is a spooky. Women use a vagina to take them into court all the time. Whether it's right or wrong. So as a man, you need to have your contracts in order before you go on your Tinder date. Maybe they should do like, hmm, really evaluate the person they're talking to before they just stick it in there. Some people come back and make the claims later. Yeah, but I mean, there, you don't think there are certain signs towards people who are like that? You, there probably are, but not everybody has seen the signs, even if they're right in front of their face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some people not even notice how terrible a human being is. Even it's though because they lower their expectations and they don't let themselves learn. So, then they get taken advantage of. Mm, that's sad. This is what the first guy told everybody to do. It's okay. It is not for us. Yeah. Or maybe you shouldn't expect that person or expect much from the person your way. That way, right. when it happens, you're not so vulnerable. So you're more satisfied when you get screwed over. You, 
Yeah, but getting screwed over big time versus not really getting screwed over even though someone tried to is very satisfying. You're like, haha, I had an idea that you might be a screwball. Yeah, it could be a fun, but then your expectations have been increased. Yeah, you are right. But you, you are expecting the least positive outcome. Oh, yes, so that way you could be all right, which is a high expectation. Is it? I expect to learn, which includes... I expect to be all right. I expect to learn, so I expect to be wrong sometimes, which is even better, because then I don't cling on to things I'm wrong about. Well, you shouldn't be a clingy anyway. It drives away the ladies. People are clingy all the time. They just don't want to admit it. Yes, it's true. I cling to things like my bed sheets when it's cold at night. Oh, yeah. Or her hair when I'm behind her. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I cling to my meninges. That's a strange, because that's going to hurt. Well, I don't do it too hard. Can't be too clingy now. It's a true. That's a true. Uh, we know that Void is not too clingy. Yeah, Void is very not clingy. He's he's like, I'm just sitting back, letting him talk. That's a true. He's doing this. Did we piss you off, Void? No, I'm listening intensely. Are you sure you're not plotting against us? He could be. Oh. He could be plotting a vote for Void campaign. Oh. Yeah. That's probably what he do. Yeah. Oh, voter fraud. He watch out for this guy. You want to go to win, but avoid the VIP here. But the void, he's a secret campaign. Watch we're, out. We're going to check the the voting ballots, and then they're going to be filled with voids. It's a true. It's almost like a hanging chad, but a little bit different. Yeah, like a gaping void. Yeah. It is like not a hanging chad at all, because if the chad is gone, there's a void in the paper. Void, were you trying to say something? No, I was just saying, why would I plot against you when you two are working for Betterment? Working for what? Betterment. Yeah, the yeah. Government. Hmm. That is true. Why well, didn't the third cell? Cellula memoralis is supposed to be cold and dry. I like that one. He's a cold and a dry. Like a dead prostitute. Like, yeah, that's not a good prostitute at all. Good prostitute needs to be a disease-free and ready to rumble. Yeah. And I was thinking it's like a refrigerator. You know, it keeps things for longer, like memory. Oh, this would make a sense. It's a good analogy, except for a refrigerator has quite a bit of moisture in there. Hmm. You don't have moisture yeah, control? You, somehow, you know what? That's not a relatively old thing. That's a new thing. What about the freezer? The freezer, you know, it's got its own problems too, you know. Like an ice cube, it may be a frozen, but it goes through cycles of evaporation, even at such cold temperatures. That is why your ice cubes get smaller the older they are. But, since it's so cold, the air is not humid, though. Because, you know, the, it goes straight to vapor, right? Oh, yes, it's true. 
And then when you open the door, you get is a hot air and a cold air mixture, and that's the way you get the frost all over your freezer. Yeah. It's a sucking out all of that moisture with the cold. That's why when the temperature goes down, it rains. It's cold. Yeah. Also, when you could feel a storm coming in from a cold front. Oh, I feel this in my meninges. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, you get the chills and the goose pimples on your meninges. Oh, yeah. I smell it sometimes, too. I smell it when it's moist. Yeah, it smells green and moist. That's a dirty. Yeah. Yeah, dirty. Funky, funky time. Funky Numa. He's a funky cold Martina. Oh, so. This. This uh, conception with the NUMA application to the three-cell uh, three theory mumbo-jumbo was done by one named Master Nicholas. That's his name. Master Nicholas. Did he name himself Master? I think so. He wanted to be the master. Because my parents are not giving me that kind of name. I'd be a silly. My parents are smarter than this. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but that is something that Anna Rooney came up with on her book. Nikki Rooney? Anna Rooney. She wrote a book, very cheap one, called History or the Story of Neuroscience. How is it cheap? It was like $5 at half-price books. Well, that's a cheap. Yeah, cheap, cheap. And uh, Master Nicholas was actually like a thousand years after... Nemesius, who came up with the three-cell theory. So this three-cell theory lasted all the way up until the years of Da Vinci, when it's assumed that Da Vinci realized that it was bullshit and had to stop his studies because he was already being accused of a bunch of bad things. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Like a homosexuality. He right. was accused of that because he was a, he was a gay. You never know. He's okay to be a gay. Yeah, I was gay for Galen. We know. We know. Yeah, and it wasn't until Andreas Vesalius, until this three-cell theory mumbo-jumbo started to seem really ridiculous when he proved to people with his own dissections in classrooms. So that's that for the three-cell theory. How does a third cell get a cold if it's inside the body? <laughs> you know, this was, this was all concocted by a bishop named Minimisius, who had oh, no religion for you? They just make stuff up for their own glorification. Yeah, to justify their idea of the soul, the incorporeal soul. They just want you to donate a ten percent of your income, so that way they have the money to do nothing. Yeah, I already get more than enough taken out of my income check. Yeah. See, government is like another religion, but at least they give you something back other than prayer. Yeah, like they give you roads that crumble every year. And they give you an army that protects you from extremists. Yeah, you know, they got the McCarthyism. And then they give you a wall. Cheetos. Yeah. But they build you a wall. That's the true. The government is good at building you a wall. Yeah, they're good at giving you education too. Nah. Education from the government is our number one. Yeah. It's top notch. Bad radar is. Yeah, exactly. 
It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, what do you guys do for the next week? Next week? Oh, yeah, this is going to be a working. Jump up and need all these projects. He's got to get projects done. That's cool. Mrs. Jump up and need all she get up. She's off. Why is that? And she take away the meninges. Who took away your meninges? Well, not a yet, but uh, if a John Papa Nito don't get enough projects done, me she's a John Papa Nito take away meninges. Oh, that's not good. Oh, it's not. John Papa Nito get them back. And he hang on to them by getting a projects done. Yeah, good idea. So we're going to go over to Raziz. Rashish? Raziz. There we go again. Got to cut that out. He did 31 spinal nerves. Oh, so we're no longer in the brain. We now do a spine? Yeah, we're going to do spinal nerves by Raziz for our anatomy section. And this was around... Hey, can you, can you chill out there? It's not a John Papanito. It's a music John Papanito. She's playing with something. It's a chopping food up. It's going to go into my belly, and then I'm going to feel all warm and happy. Oh, okay. Sorry. John Papanito going to another part of the sexy basement. Oh. Yeah, so we're going to do the 31 Spinal Nerves by Reziz. So, until next time, we leave in peace. He wants to take your brand for jump up on the hole. No. Thank you.